Support for this episode of 50% Facts comes from Candid. With Candid's aligners, you can have a photo-ready smile by the holidays. Go to candidco.com slash facts for more information and listen while we talk about it a little later in the show. Support also comes from Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. You can go to manscaped.com and use the code FACTS to get 20% off with free shipping. And Society Socks, a subscription sock service where you can get 50% off your first month when you use the code FACTS at mysocietysocks.com. Hey, this is Jim. We recorded these episodes with Dr. Ramsey Nijem months ago, back during the NBA season. Uh, he was working for the Sacramento Kings at the time, and we had to go through a process to get these episodes approved. We needed to make them all more family-friendly, so you know, some bleeping and stuff, and there's been some edits just to, to kind of keep it like family-friendly, like I said. Uh, anyway, in the meantime, very, very recently, uh, Ram has taken a new job. He is the uh, men's Basketball Director of Sport Performance for University of Kansas, the KU Jayhawks, one of the most prestigious basketball, Division One basketball programs in the country. Uh, so congratulations to him on that job. We're going to be rolling these episodes out over the next few weeks. Uh, we hope you enjoy them. Uh, it's been very difficult for me personally to keep these under wraps because they are very good episodes. Uh, he did a fantastic job. He was a great guest. So anyway, enjoy as we are plunging headlong into NBA training camps, believe it or not. You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we try to answer specific questions on an individual topic, and then at the end, we bring in an expert to give you the real answers. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. I'm going to talk about my shoulder for a minute because we talked a little bit. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it with Jordan Shallow, and uh, it hurts. And uh, so I had an appointment today, and apparently I'm having at least, like, a scope done in May. And the final call is maybe bulging disc in the neck-ish causing this, or not? No, apparently that, I mean, I don't have any numbness. And so that's, that's like, symptom one of bulging disc. I do have disc degeneration stuff, but it's not bulging out into the into the nerve in that way. And what I've gathered from who knows where knowledge of my talking to PTs and whatever over time is bulging disc and degenerative whatever disc disease uh, is going to happen to majority of humans. Yes. Uh, and especially going to happen to majority of humans that lift. Yes. And then the consequences or the pain from there may be semi-random. Some people have degenerative bulging, five bulging discs and don't feel a thing. Some people have a sl- one slight bulging disc and they can't feel their left leg. Yeah, and it's something that Jordan talked about, and I think it's it's uh, definitely uh, definitely true. The years ago, now it's back in '04, before I six like six months before I started powerlifting, I had a bunch of imaging done, and uh, I had some three discs then, and it's probably um, uh, not any worse now, yeah. other than you know. Not really, yeah. because I because I don't have numbness. Yeah, I had a first X-ray done from a chiro when I was in eighth grade, because my hip felt like it went out of place and mm. I couldn't like run for a week. And who knows what it actually is? But she said then uh, in eighth grade, like, yeah, your low back's gonna have be some issues. There's some degenerative and this moves a little wonky. And yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. All right, that's great. 
And then now everyone says it's because I don't know how to lift. I'm like, all right, that's why. Yeah, there couldn't be anything inherent about your body yeah. that you couldn't prevent from the, happening I, I, just based on how you lift. I had back pain when I was 13. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then I played 10 more years competitive basketball and then another 10 years of powerlifting. Like, what do you think is going to happen? I remember being a kid. I remember I'm being maybe 14 or something like that, 14, 15, playing volleyball. Going up for the ball, like so I'm in the air, my arms are totally extended above me, and having my lower back completely yeah. lock up and like fell to the to earth, like like Superman got hit with kryptonite. Man. Yeah, I yeah. just like bam. Back pain sucks. Oh my god, and I couldn't breathe like at the time. You I got, was like <laughs> um, some kind of shot today. Yeah, L- I did. Lina? Uh, lidocaine. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so we're trying to figure out what's going on with the shoulder. And back in the beginning of January, I had a lido injection into the glenohumeral joint, joint, the actual joint, and um, and this just tries to take away some inflammation from maybe. No, all, all it is is, is diagnostic. It's like, okay, is the problem here? So if we take away all the pain in this spot, oh, so it's a, like a pain number. Yeah. So oh, if, right. if 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 it's if that takes care of most of the pain or some of the pain or all Something's the pain there. then there's something going on in that spot gotcha we don't know exactly what it is but something so i had that done and it was better but what it did was point up how much how my how tight my neck still was and about half an hour or so after the shot i was able to really stretch up my neck out pretty good yeah and so there was sort of kind of a little bit of a durable result from that and then uh and then I went in today after waiting an hour and 15 minutes to actually see the doctor because of a scheduling issue on their side, not mine. Happens. Uh, I, I enjoy a doctor that I can have actual conversation with. And they're, I, I get a lot of stuff. I don't, I'm, I'm a little bit downplaying what I know when we have our conversation sure. because I'm not so sure of it. And, and I don't you don't want to come in being a smart And I don't want to be coming yeah. being a smart yeah. ass. Yeah, I don't want to be a, a Cliff, Cliff Clavin. So, but I can have a conversation and I can I can follow this stuff partly because I just know what, what the Latin roots are sure. and I know what the systems are and I've been married to a nurse for yeah, yeah. a long Plus time. Plus strength and conditioning, like just yeah. anatomy and exactly. whatever. Yeah, exactly, nice. exactly. I will say that my wife does not have any sense of, of the anatomy and physiology of strength at all. Yeah, yeah. And so- Because the muscular system is barely messed with in that in yeah. position. Yeah. yeah, they don't. They don't deal with it. It's yeah. just like if it's not a, it's not a an, an organ. Right. I don't know about yeah, it. Yeah, or cold. Yeah, <laughs> if it's a rash, I have no clue. Yeah. So anyway, we're this doctor and I are able to actually sort of go back and forth about like, well, what about this? What about that? I was like, well, what about like if we do some more imaging of my neck since we have a baseline from 04? And she's like, yeah, we don't have any numbness though. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand what the mechanism would be. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, okay, well, let's look at the MRI that you had done a few months ago. It's like, hmm. so it's this, but maybe it's this. And she's like, did they, did, when they did the injection, did they do one or two? I said, just one. So where do they go? A glenohumeral. Okay, well, let's try subacromial and see if that makes a difference. And so she's like, she runs out of the room. She comes back with lidocaine and she's like, jump up I'll here be, and take your shirt off. And is that like, a big needle or not? Not really. Not very. I no. needles. It's mm, yeah, probably out. about three inches. Yeah, I'm out. I don't know how far she went in. She went, it's not like I looked. Yeah. You know, they, they, they freeze spray the skin so you don't feel it go in anyway. You don't look. I'm a sissy. Yeah, yeah it's not. I'm it's, lucky I haven't had have shots in a while. <laughs> I got all that shit done when I was young. <laughs> you might uh, You might need boosters now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'm going to try not to think about it. Yeah. This is a vaccinating podcast, just so yeah. everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. We vaccinate. Yeah. Uh, 
Anyway. Yeah, I went off about that on a Just Kidding Films episode. <laughs> uh, it was an anti-vax story we covered. Yeah. I think the kid... What was it? His mom was anti-vax. He ended up getting vaccinated right. when he was yeah, 18 yeah. or something yeah. and some story. And I, I freaked out at people about the plague. And I make up... People don't understand on the internet you're making jokes because we talked about like a bunch of diseases, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you got to get vaxxed to stop this, you know? Mm-hmm. And all that we know we're throwing out, mm-hmm. we're talking about whatever. Mm-hmm. And people are coming like, these idiots don't it's, even know what a virus is. It's comedy. Yeah. You- uh, so anyway, uh, she stuck it in there and she's like, okay, so like... Give it a few minutes, move it around. She's like, you know, just like chicken winging a little bit. And <laughs> she literally said that. Yeah, that's uh, technical term. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, actually, that's a lot better. So in that space. So narrowing it down. Slowly. Narrowing it down. So scope, uh, they'll go, go in. If there's a bunch of junk in this subchromial space, clean that stuff out. Yeah. If that, you know, that could be the only problem. Yeah, it could be. It could knows? be causing some friction and who knows information things um but uh and if if it's not and the labrum labrum looks bad they'll try to repair that which means like six to nine months of doesn't sound fun recovery you know what we need is we need mark cuban and his german studies i read this so long ago and i I never saw the results but he was funding a bunch of stuff in germany for like stem cells hgh Mm. and all these things because we won't freaking study it or get down on it yeah yeah. Uh, but obviously he has a lot of money in pro athletics uh and so he's trying to figure out ways to keep these people around longer um I, I do wish uh, studies would be. I don't know. I don't know the law on studies or uh, studying illegal things, and and I know there's different cases and routes you can go about those things. But often, when something's illegal, you can't really study it here by a bigger university because the substance or the whatever is the yeah there morals ethic, yeah ethical and, problems yeah. yeah and I get it I get it I get human it. subjects but I wish we could find some ways uh, to work around. Uh, Stem cells, HGH, things that, that, and I know they use some of that in clinical settings, but um, it would be much better if we were leading the way rather than letting the rest of the world do it. Yeah, I mean, they do a lot of PRP in, in yeah. Europe, and I'm I'm a fan. It doesn't work 100% of the time. It doesn't work 100% even when it works, Yeah, but it's valuable. There's a lot of things. It, like, literally, I feel like an American, again, I, I hate doctors, so I don't go all the time. I'm no expert, but, like, I feel like, all right, they're going to give you Advil and tell you to stop doing what you're doing, or they're going to give you surgery. Uh, like my, that's all they do. Yeah, my current doctor hasn't ever laid a finger on me. My not the not the one that I met with today. I met with a with an Specialist. orthopedic surgeon today, who um, is just one of those one of those people you can have a conversation with. Uh, my regular doctor, like I had something going on with my foot when I went in a while back, and he did not get any closer than pretty much the door to yeah. my foot. So um, he didn't really observe anything at all. Based paid on by the uh, going, paid by on. the client. Yeah, Got pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Like a car wash, they're just pushing yeah. them through. So uh, one a thing that the doctor said to me today, which I think is a good thing to keep in mind, is that uh, they tell you in medical school that if you hear hoof, hoof beats or hoof, you know. I don't know. Hoof, uh, hoofing? <laughs> Clumps. Clumps, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, uh, uh, assume it's a horse. Don't assume it's a zebra. True. Okay. So... Uh, I don't get it though. Just to restate, a zebra, this. a zebra uh, could make that so, noise, eh? Yeah, a zebra could make that noise, but it's but less it's, likely to be. It's probably a horse. What if that joke's done in where somewhere zebras inhabited? Doesn't work then, eh? It doesn't work there. Just, no. That's just an American joke. No, this is pretty much an American <laughs> joke, or any place that doesn't have just zebra. America had zebras at one point, but we don't have them Native? anymore. Yeah, uh, like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. We had our own version of zebras. Oh, makes sense. Yeah, they've been extinct for a long time. Anyway, back to to me. I'm a zebra apparently because. 
very often the thing that is seems obvious oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's the, th- the thing that would be wrong with everybody else sure. is not the thing that's wrong with me. But that's the, that's the kind of the definition or, or, or what, what, what shows a true expert from a non-expert is having a huge pool of tools and trying to diagnose, yeah. right? Like it sounds like your orthopedic surgeon has a brain is, and is digging through all these possibilities, right. trying, to, trying to eliminate things. It's the same thing as a mechanic. Oh, my exhaust is making this noise. He's not just going to switch the exhaust. He's going to try to find different things that may be causing it and slowly eliminate same thing when you oh I can't build up my bench press well let's figure out a couple things you've been doing let's see some things that we might be able to add we might be able to take away and we'll surely build that thing up with a big tool rather than just kind of black and white horse hoof or zebra yeah it's it's like figuring out how systems work and being able to troubleshoot that's my dad was a mechanic and it's the same it's it's remarkably the same thing people who work with computers Remarkably the same thing. Yeah. It's just understanding how systems work and being able yeah. to. It's um, just how complicated the system is. Just uh, com- how a complicated 1970 that car is. is probably a little less complicated than a 2019 car, and a little less complicated than the human body. Uh yeah, this is true. Like if I if I go up, I go out in the parking lot and I raise the hood on my Focus. Ace I'm not plastic. Gonna, yeah, yeah, it's just I have no idea what's going on in there. I I understand where the battery is now because I had to change it, but other than that, I really Even the don't battery know. on some of these cars are hidden. Oh yeah, went. mine's under a cover and yeah. it's up almost yeah. into the dash. Yeah, you can't and even like, change holy it. Holy crap! Can't even change it. We'll be right back after this message about something you can change: your smile. Let's talk about the holidays. I know, I know it's a little early to talk about the holidays, but if you're like me and you don't want to go through another holiday season taking closed mouth photos, I don't really, I was going to improv, I'll read you that one. <laughs> I can read that one because I'm do, actually trying to do it. I was going to say, like, I don't, no, I'll, yeah. read, I'll read it. I was like, I don't do family photos, but <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the holidays. I know, I know it's a little crazy, a little early to talk about the holidays, but if you're like me, you don't want to go through another holiday season with closed mouth photos while everyone else is grinning ear to ear. That's why I'm getting my photo-ready smile now with clear aligners from Candid. Candid's aligners can straighten your teeth faster than traditional wire braces. Treatment takes just six months on average. I had I actually didn't know that until recently, that, that's, that when you do a clear aligner, it doesn't really take that long. An experienced orthodontist who's licensed in your state creates a custom treatment plan for you. Then they show you a 3D preview so you can see how your teeth will look after you're done. Candid's aligners are comfortable, removable, and completely invisible. Candid ships your aligners directly to you, so there's no hassle of going through an orthodontist's office, and Candid costs 65% less than braces. And with each aligner purchased, Candid donates $25 to Smile Train, who brings safe, 100% free cleft lip and palate treatment to children around the globe. The thing about this uh, process, I'm going through it, and uh, you have to take pictures of yourself, and then you're taking impressions at home and stuff. And that can be a little bit nerve-wracking if you think that... um, Nobody's actually taken a close look at it, but there's obviously there's an, a licensed orthodontist that's somewhere here in California who's going to look at all this stuff and verify that I've done it correctly and tell me if I didn't and uh, help me get it right. Uh, I'm going to have a photo-ready smile by the holidays, and you can too. All you guys have to do is go to candidco.com slash facts, F-A-C-T-S, and use code facts, F-A-C-T-S, to get $25 off. That's candidco.com slash F-A-C-T-S and use code F-A-C-T-S FACTS $75 off candidco.com slash FACTS code FACTS We're going to talk a little bit about Ramsey's um, 
dissertation topic, which has to do with monitoring workload. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he, he is an NBA strength coach and uh, likes to lift himself, kind of a bro, does a little powerlifting, a little weightlifting, a little bodybuilding. But uh, I think his dissertation is monitoring the workload in NBA players to obviously help longevity and injuries and everything else. And, yeah. and, and, then, and then you can scale that everywhere. If you can do it for... You know, LeBron James, who's playing 82 games uh, a year, 30 minutes, and putting his body through hell because they still lift weights and they still do mm-hmm. all these things uh, in the offseason uh, or even during the season. They're running. they got to stay in shape, and they have to perform not only optimally but at the highest level optimally. Um, if you can do it for him, you could probably scale that all the way down to a sixth grader that's playing sports. Um, yep. Do you need to monitor them as much? No, because their output probably isn't as hard, right? Mm-hmm. They can't rev it the same going to a car reference. You know, a little beater engine can't rev as hard as this high-performance 1,000-horsepower engine, so you have to monitor the 1,000-horsepower engine a little bit more. But you can go all the way in between to a power lifter. Um, and this is stuff, you know, I kind of do for power lifters, too, and, and coaching high school athletes or, or whatever it might be. And, and, and how I do it's fairly basic, and there's a couple things you start to look at. You know, if I have a uh, basketball player, you know, one of the best basketball players I ever coached, shout out to little Chris, you know, he was playing – Year-round basketball, because that's how you get recruited to college. Um, Multiple games a week, minimum two games a week, probably minimum two to three practices a week. Plus, he's trying to lift in with me. Uh, We start to monitor how many hours uh, a week he's playing. And I look at that because during a basketball season, he's playing more. Even though he's playing competitively mm-hmm. off-season, it's probably a little bit less or a little bit more casual. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at uh, how he's feeling, just conversations. Hey, how you feeling mentally? And I don't tell him, like, because he's an 18-year-old kid. You don't ask him how he's feeling. Just like, hey, man, what's up? You just have to start have some conversations with him. You start to get his, you know, he comes in the gym skipping and talk about mm-hmm. his date last night. Mm-hmm. I know he's probably revved up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. If he comes in droping, chucks his bag in the corner, he's probably not as motivated for the day, which could be signs. Again, we're just troubleshooting. It's not mm-hmm. for sure. But it could be signs of not necessarily, quote, unquote, overtraining, but a higher stimulus or more fatigue. Um, he's got achy knees. You know, you got achy knees. You Okay, we're not going to squat today. We're just going to do some light body work, get some blood going, maybe a little conditioning, get him feeling better. Um, and, again, it's just kind of finding what he's doing right now, how he's feeling, and hopefully catching it before it happens. Yeah. Right? Hopefully you keep him revved up. And it's the most basic thing for powerlifting as well. Yeah, and so you're, you're looking at um, certain criteria – um, how well someone is recovering is really high on that list, I guess, from yeah. from the from whatever their current workload is. And yeah, ask them how they're eating. How, ask them how they're sleeping. Hey, man, did you get sleep last night? Yeah. Or, or, you know, and, and as they get older, it starts to get, uh, for Ramsey's case in the NBA, it's complicated, man. They got long-ass seasons, mm. millions of dollars on the line. Mm-hmm. They're still normal humans. You don't think mm. they're going out to the bars. Of course, they're going out to the bars. Yeah. Of course, Plus the travel. They're traveling every single day, switching time zones, sleeping out of a backpack, going into hotels, you know, like some of these guys might not be sleeping. Yeah, they're not monks. And you're dealing with different types of people. You're, you're dealing yeah. with a 19-year-old that yep. just got out of college and got paid $5 million, living yeah. the dream. Who knows yeah. what that kid's doing? And you're dealing with a 35-year-old who's very good at the sport and, and maybe a little bit more accustomed now. Maybe he still likes to party. Maybe he doesn't, right? So another big thing is, you know, personality type and, and kind of knowing your your athletes. Mm-hmm. And, and you also have the people who... Um, 
who spend a lot of time uh, thinking about it and learning about it and have their own thoughts about how they they should be doing stuff. Right. It gets complicated at the pro level too because some have their own strength coaches, some yeah. have their own nutritionists, yeah. some have their own uh, other things. And so, you know, obviously communication with them matters uh, much as well. And, and I, I have no clue what Ramsey's actual dissertation might be. I don't know if he digs into the communication or emotional or human aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might be, it might be way more mechanical. He might be counting steps. He might be counting waking hours. He mm-hmm. might be counting travel time. And that's probably what it tends to be. As you get more sciencey, you try to go from that level and then break it down to a more human. Yeah, level. you still have that interface though with the athlete or the you know or somebody you're coaching about how you present the information to them. Nope, we're not going to do that today. We're going to do this and and or is it no? We're not going to do that today, and we're going to do this because yeah. And I think Ramsey, you and, know, from what I see from the outside, is amazing at that. It seems like the players are always tweeting them and joking around with them. It yeah. seems like uh, they really get along, and I think that's huge for any relationship. Uh, I was pretty lucky to be captain of my high school basketball team early and helped my strength. I had a strength coach in eighth grade. And as soon as I became a sophomore in college, I was kind of the older guys in our strength and conditioning group. So Mm. he kind of put me in a leadership role. So I kind of got some of these rules of being kind of a leader early Mm -hmm. in life and and had great mentors above me. My high school basketball coach and the captain of my basketball team was a senior when I was a freshman, a really good leader. So I kind of got and my dad, uh, really good, really good taste of what it was to be a leader uh, and how to communicate and how to connect with people, and that's obviously uh, really important to the big picture of yeah. having success as a yeah. team, as a coach, as a trainer, as a whatever your position might be, as even a player. Um, but even more broken down uh, to Ramsey's situation, one-on-one communication with those people and having some kind of connection and trust built uh, between athlete and, and coach, powerlifting basketball doesn't really matter yeah kind of two things in my mind right now one of them being that um if you're an eyes on coach or if you're if you're doing video review with a with a client or or or, or whatever um like all i've ever done is really eyes on technique stuff and and then making a judgment about about calling weights that's that's pretty much all i've done but that's that's been a lot of years yeah and i and it just comes very naturally to you it doesn't necessarily mean you're right but you can make a good guess um you see how if somebody is is failing on technique because they're tired or they're failing on technique because they just aren't, aren't mentally into it or yeah. they're failing on technique because they have some kind of an injury someplace that's making them making some kind of adjustment you can see those things out of the repetition of of um, of of just watching people yeah. you know you just you get a sense of it after a while if you're sensitive to what's going on and the other thing i had in mind is that like basketball players versus say baseball players baseball players they they can run these metrics on them they, they certainly look at pitchers and pitch counts and if you're a pitcher you can get um you, you know they'll, you hit your pitch count and they'll pull you out of the game regardless of the situation that you're you're in a lot of the time but there's a mental aspect to that too for sure because they don't want to they don't want to undermine your confidence right and say you uh, suck and that's why i'm pulling you or or bro, i'm throwing heat right now keep me out here yeah or if you've got an everyday position player who, um, you know, training staff might say, hey, that they look like they're a little tired or we're worried about this thing or whatever. And, you know, manager makes the lineup and the guy can go back to the manager and say, no, 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 I'm playing today. Yeah. And though he they can be overruled, they don't do it all the time. Right. Because it, then again, it, it turns into yeah. that situation with a mental aspect and, and personality clashes. and That's a big thing that... Uh, as a pet peeve of mine, like I, I've played sports my whole life, played at the college level, coached tons of college athletes, worked with pro athletes, worked with 
pro coaches. I've worked with all this stuff, and and when I watch uh, even ESPN sometimes, but a lot of times, obviously the the, the what do they call it, lazy boy quarterback or something, couch quarterback <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Those guys just they look just pure on paper. Like so and so's better. Why isn't he playing yeah. like that? Like bro, it's so complicated. Like sports are human. Yeah. And humans are complicated, and how things mesh together on a team, off a team, on the court, off the court, uh, is so complicated. And then once you get at the pro level, uh, now you have start to have egos, you start to have business, yep. the salary involved. Yeah, um, it's uh, so in- incentives so based on games played, or or yeah. or quarters played, or innings played, or or yeah. um, all those things are. I mean, they can guys can feel like they're getting undermined for sure toward those goals even by... at college it happens all the time yeah. man. i had a poor college experience because me and my coach weren't seeing eye to eye he wasn't playing me what i thought i deserved from how i performed in practices and when i was on the court he didn't let me allow me to play the position i want there's so much politics and inner human stuff and, and junior college is even arguably more complicated than d1 because it's such a, a rattle case everyone's just trying to get a scholarship uh, yeah. there i think there are more defined roles at d1 yeah, d1 maybe. you know when you're getting you know either going to the school or getting signed a scholarship like and yeah. the pro a pro a certain extent is kind of like that too uh some simplified like hey we're gonna pay you one mil a year and you're getting 10 minutes that's what you expect and yeah. you know when you get 10 minutes or the type of player you are you're expected to take about five shots or whatever it's almost simplified we're in call co- a junior college or maybe even d3 it's just like every kid's there just trying to get looked at from a scout like no one cares about winning no one cares about anything but their own stats right and the coach is just trying to win enough games or or keep it non-messy so he keeps his job and the the um uh, range of talent is broad. Yeah, it was bad. It was really in age. Uh, D1 basketball, I don't know if they have an age anymore, but D1 football and stuff has an age. You can't be older than 25. Yeah. Junior college, I was 18 years old uh, leaving this liberal arts school, and there's dudes that are 30 that just got out of prison that just decided <laughs> to go back to junior college. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, you know, like I was, it was weird, man. And oh then, my yeah, God. let alone the talent. But yeah, age, it, it was a wild thing. And so, um, I don't know where we went with that, but uh, it it will be interesting to hear what Ramsey broke down because I, I did hear a lot of research, um, and, and even the powerlifting world, it got really uh, people wanted more scientific metrics, right? So with bar speed and monitoring, yeah, um, what load you should handle that day, people started to use, um, uh, not Nintendo, uh, <laughs> Tendo units. Uh, Tendo units. Uh, that's how I remind myself in my head a Tendo yeah. unit, which which basically measures bar speed, and you know for yourself after using this thing it's basically a wire that attaches to the barbell and sticks to the ground and will measure how fast that wire moves right. uh, meters per second or whatever and you get a rating and then over time if you do this you start to understand how fast you move a 500 pound deadlift and whether it's a good day or a bad day based on that and how fast you maybe move around 90% or 100% so you start to measure these things and you can basically program based off of that another one is HRT uh, heart rate variability training so people would measure their heart rate or sometimes there's probably an iPhone app by now you like put your thumb HRV, on it yeah. Yeah, HRV, um, sorry. Joel Jamison has a uh, uh, bunch more, of apps and things. Uh, yeah. Morpheus is what I think they currently have. Yeah, and, and you shove your thumb in something, or or they actually yeah. you could you could probably actually measure your heart rate. Yeah, there. Um, Morpheus, there's a band, and then there's yeah. a kind of yeah Fitbit type deal. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's actually kind of big, and you don't wear it the whole time. No, no, you measure it in the morning or before yeah. training or whatever. Different people have different protocol, but yeah, Joel yeah. Jameson was one of the first yeah. to start it, and they'll tell you what your heart rate is for that day, and the basics will give you like a red light, a yellow light, or a green light. Red light saying probably take it easier, don't train today. Yeah. Yellow light saying reduce the volume by a certain amount and sometimes you'll have a coach to help predict this for you or write it green light means you're recovered and ready to rock um, but i do think there's some uh arguments That's, against that so we can definitely ask ramsey what his thoughts are on that but yeah I think heart rate is just uh 
HRV is a good question. Yeah, that's yeah. another one. I heard about the Lakers uh, literally tracking everyone's steps on and off the court for like a season or something crazy like that. They start crazy. to really monitor um, stimulus from that, let alone on the court um, and trying to adjust people's playing time, et cetera. Again, baseball, basketball, I think are really good um, and you know the examples. Thing, another thing about that about the differences in sports, um, most sports are required or allow substitution. Baseball does not. True. And yeah, besides so, pitching. Yeah, when you well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but no, no, you can substitute in any position. You just can't put them back in the game right. when they're out. They're out. Yeah, soccer's Whereas, like that a little bit. Oh, isn't I thought it was in and out? No, uh, not at the pro level. The pro okay. level, you only get two subs a game. Oh, okay. and yeah, they can't come in and out. Basketball is like that. Yeah, it, it, baseball, basketball, really long seasons. Football, you could argue a little more stimulus, but you're playing less often. The frequency is way less. Baseball, baseball, arguably, depending on position, frequency is less. Yeah. Um, basketball frequency is insanely fucking high. You can pull somebody out of a game, out, out of a out of a basketball game and yeah, have yeah. them be out for a while, right. throw them back in, you know. Yeah, and then, and then and then it's up to, you know, that's why, you know, Ramsey, respect to him for having all these meetings because he's got to go to the coach and give, a, you know, maybe a, maybe a little package on each player on how he mm-hmm. thinks they're performing or recovering or whatever because the coach not only has to win games, but he has to make sure these guys don't get injured and make sure that they can last 82, se- uh, 82 games. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's all a balancing act to keep these athletes not only happy, performing well, healthy, um, and fresh, and that's that takes a, a whole deal when there's millions and millions of dollars involved. Yep, absolutely. All right, I think that we um, got a button on this one. We'll just jump over to Ramsey now. Right after these special offers for listeners of 50% Facts. I was going to open up with ladies and gentlemen, but this one's only for my guys. If you want to support 50% Facts right now with Manscaped, it's the number one men's below-the-belt grooming kit. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools, a brand new tool to help you clean up your man parts. You're going to get 20% off free shipping with code FACTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. They have a, a variety of products. Whether you guys, uh, my favorite is the ball deodorant. I don't know if you guys wear spandex. If you wear spandex in the gym or, or in life, for some reason, a stench comes up. And I'm a clean dude. I'm a really clean dude. I really take care of myself, I swear. And I've tried a million different types of things. And if you wear spandex, I, I'm moving away from that. I'm going to cotton boxer briefs because of this. But if you wear spandex, you need this ball deodorant. It's a little lotion. Just rub it on yourself. Bada boom, bada bing. Everything's fresh. Everything smells nice. Uh, you sweat a little bit less too, which is nice. Yeah, it keeps things from chafing down there, which is can, can be an issue for people in our oh, sport, I guess. You know, yeah. there's a little... Uh, Any of those sports. Yeah, really. Probably playing chess, you probably get a little ball sweat or ball <laughs> issues, so you probably want to clean up there too. Well, especially if you're sitting there like trying to figure out... You know, like there's a timer, right? I yeah. mean, you got to... You gotta, yeah. It's there's a pressure. speed thing. It's pressure. So you're probably sweating it up. Manscaped's redesigned the electric trimmer their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology so the trimmer won't won't nick or snag your nuts i think that would be well that's a nightmare that's actually we're, yeah. we're moving into halloween and like doing having cool. something happen to your balls yeah some saw five stuff the other thing too is you, you sickos out there who are using the same razor on your face uh, every morning and on your nuts once a week you stop doing that so now you can have different razors ones made for your man stuff uh, you're gonna you, you, you're gonna thank you. Your balls are gonna thank you. Your girlfriend's gonna thank you. Everyone's gonna be stoked. Get it right now. Twenty percent off and free shipping. Code facts f a c t s at manscaped dot com. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. You know, a lot of guys have sad sock drawers. 
uh, holes white, but they're actually yellow socks. Maybe they have a gray tip because they're old. Mm. I feel like they don't make that anymore. And then the whole white part that used to be white is actually yellow. And speaking of holes, like holes under the toes. Yeah, gross. Um, you just, socks aren't even that expensive. Just throw that shit out. And, and get new socks. Yeah, and your underwear while you're at it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if you are someone who needs to uh, not think about where your new socks are coming from, but you want sp- Snazzy's new socks, Society Socks is a subscription sock service. You get two pairs a month. They're a surprise. They're fun socks. They're cool to wear. I've enjoyed mine so far. I particularly like the Bumblebee ones, but I also like the astronaut ones that I got as well. Yeah, you can add a little funk to your outfits. I'm, I'm kind of a plain guy. I wear a lot of neutral colors. I'm, yeah, I like a hat, shirt, sweats, whatever it is, but you can add a little bit of funk. Dress, dress them up, dress them down, whatever you want um, on those feet. Why are they called society socks? Socks are one of the most needed and least donated items at homeless shelters. And society socks aims to change that. With every pair of socks that you purchase, another pair is donated to a homeless shelter. On top of receiving awesome socks monthly, you can feel confident that you are actively making positive change in society. With two surprise pairs of socks arriving at your door every single month, you'll slowly get the most impressive sock collection in the world. Try out the first month of a sock subscription at 50% off when you use code FACTS, F-A-C-T-S. Put an end to the boring socks. My friends, subscribe today, mysocietysocks.com. Use code FACTS for 50% off your first month. That's mysocietysocks.com and use the code FACTS. So everybody knows that like we told you about it. No, they're well. They're put together differently. I mean, if they were not put together differently, way they different, wouldn't be way different than me, man. Yeah, these dudes are like wouldn't athletes. be that impressive. Yeah. Six ten, one eighty, and you're like It's like the putty guy. People don't know sometimes though, like unless you play, like because you can play high school sports or whatever. But until yeah. you play against like literally NBA talent, you're like first kid I played against. I was a junior, I think. He was a freshman, full sign from eighth grade to UCLA. Six eight. Yeah. Um, he just comes at me, spin move. One, two, bang. Yeah, I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. Bro, I, I can't do that. Right. <laughs> I'm 18. You're 13 or something. For sure. Uh, yeah. Every day in practice or a game, but definitely in practice because you just see, like, guys can get a little more flashy and just try things, obviously. Sure. So yeah. you'll watch stuff and you're like, yeah, that's a good reminder of why I'm on this side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not going to be doing that. Yeah, there's no chance. Anytime soon. I actually watched uh, – there was there's a somebody that works for us and uh and he could play like he could play he's probably about my height but he could go he, like he could really play um and he was you know talking a little trash to uh to Fox once and he's like yeah I'll beat you and Fox like no you wouldn't even score <laughs> and so they like Fox finally was like all right man come on and not only was it five zero but the dude didn't even get a shot at the basket. Oh, me, like, and, me and Ramsey talked about it too. There's some local guys that I grew up with, either coached against or played against, that were good D, uh, D1 talent uh, that are working in the office. But there's a reason you're working in the office. Oh, yeah. for sure. Like I'm talking about, didn't even get a shot. Like, <laughs> and Fox missed a couple, and so the dude had the ball. Yeah, but like, tried to pull up for a jumper, block. Well, there was one more. He drove pump fake. Fox jumps, and because Fox is so springy, as he hits the ground, he he just jumps again, and he second, like, he blocks it. Yeah. It's like, you're done. okay, that that is a vet. I needed that. Yeah. Like, I needed that humbling. It would literally be like me and Ram playing, like, a sixth grader. Yeah. That's what it would be like. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 
Oh, that's awesome. Not surprising, but awesome. Yeah. Well, at, yeah. Athletes are athletes for reasons. They're they're gifted in ways that the rest of us are not. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So our second question had to do with uh, I think this was part of your dissertation, monitoring work. We're load. digging in. Let's do it. All right. So. Uh, we we talked about a lot of different aspects of this, like different ways that 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 um, you might monitor somebody's workload, their recovery, mm-hmm. all that uh, heart rate variability, or just taking just just tracking what they're doing on it mm-hmm. on a day to day basis. Like he's, I think Mike talked about the Lakers maybe counting every step. Yeah, I heard a couple of years ago they started to count. Maybe they were one of the first in the league to try to count every single step taken. On the court during the game, and that may that might mm-hmm. even be normal now for every uh, uh, team. But what what are some factors you looked into? Um, obviously, the dissertation is probably a lot more in depth than what you may apply daily, mm-hmm. right? Because there's other factors going around, communication yep. and things that you can't really just write about, right? You can right. communicate with a guy like, "Yo, how you feeling today?" or whatever. Yep. Um, but what are some tools maybe you used, and, and what are some things you looked at? Um, you don't have to go in depth. Obviously, your dissertation probably took you years and a lot of brain power, so you could just scope over that and then maybe talk about how you uh, apply it or what you do as a coach. Yeah, for sure. I, I can't share the specifics of it, um, but I kind of just go like an overview of kind of yeah. what's yeah. being done and stuff like that. And I mean, why? That's probably a, a, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the biggest why I think in, in general when it comes to just monitoring workload and um, for the listeners, like all that really means is trying to objectively quantify what the demand on your body is, right. Or the athlete's body. Mm -hmm. Um, and so within there, you break it down usually into internal and external factors. Um, internal factors are, you can consider that how your body is actually responding. External factors is the demand that it's under. So if you look at something as simple as like volume load in a squat program or, Mm -hmm. or, or, or a powerlifting program, um, that's the external load. That's the demand on the body. Uh, and then the internal load is how they're responding. Now, you would measure that with either heart rate, heart rate variability, subjective wellness score, session RPE. Uh, so all those things come to mind. So powerlifting makes it uh, easy, though. Really? easy. Because now you got a lot of, right, or, or even baseball, right? Like they've done this probably, I don't, I'm not a baseball fan, but they've done this for 100 years. Count how many throws a pitcher throws. Yeah, like yeah, that's sure. so easy because yeah, yeah. that guy does one thing. Yep. A, a powerlifter does three things. Yep. But now we got basketball guys that are running, they're turning, they're jumping. Yep. Uh, you know, they, there's so many. And then they're professionals, but they're young kids. They're going yeah. out at night. You know, they're having a good time. For sure. So we got other things to look at. Yeah, no, I, like, Mike, you brought up it. To me, like a point that's not made enough, which is none of this stuff is new. Like what you just talked about, right? Yeah. People have been pounding, counting pitch counts for years. Right, like, this is right. not novel. Um, and now sports science has made it really cool to talk about now, because <laughs> mainly because the technology has advanced. Sure. Yeah. Um, so because we have technologies now that can just do crazy things, uh, it's taken off again. But it's definitely not new. Um, and the second point that I that I heard in there, which I think is super important, is um, the complications or limitations or complexity and actually quantifying the demand on the body because it's, it's relatively simple now in 2019 with the with the technologies we have um, and the staffs that we have like we now have you know there's certain people that have uh, or certain staffs that have people that just look at one part of this thing mm. um, and so <clears throat> but in, in 2019 with all that going on what we still don't really understand is how something like flight travel yeah. you want to stay up and play video games you want to go out and party um, all of those things that you, that are still stressors on the body, 
that we just don't understand really how that might influence it. And you can make wild guesses if you want, but um, yeah, how do you quantify that? How do you quantify one beer from two beers yep. staying up uh, or the time change? That's the hardest with basketball. Yeah. Is there's so many freaking games, yeah. and you're going east coast to west coast, east coast to west coast, hotels, sure. uh, airplanes, and you play every other day. Like on average. Yeah. You play 3.4 times a week. So you're playing every other day for six months straight on average in the NBA. And what's the average height of a, a team? Let's just randomly say 6'6", six, six, right? It's probably taller now, mm-hmm. but 6'6". Six, six. What kind of beds are you staying in that fit a 6'6 six, six guy? Yeah. What kind of cars are you in there? Like, yeah. there's so many well, like, posture. I'll give the out on the bed part because all, all the beds, most NBA teams now have contracts with hotels that the beds have to be big enough. So that is a thing. So they got a custom bed. It, well, they, they're just massive, yeah. God, like, no. um, but... That's like Shaq's cribs. Well, uh, side point. Uh, I heard, <laughs> I heard cribs. You probably grew up on cribs, right? Yep. I heard cribs was all fake and staged. They came out with the conspiracy that, or maybe even MTV might have even said all those houses and cool shit was all rented. Oh, dude, what a burst in my whole childhood! Because wow. Shaq had a thirty foot that by was, thirty foot round bed. That oh. was Instagram influence before Instagram influence. Yeah. That was They're, the best. Yeah, light flex all the that time. Was yeah. light, that was a fake light flex yeah. all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but like you got to roll back to Wilt Chamberlain, who had a room that was a bed. Like the whole room was. Yeah, a I mean, bed. when you're f-ing that much, yeah, twenty thousand. Yeah, chicks. I don't believe supposedly. it. that was another flex. I'm yeah, sure. But. Yeah, that's. <laughs> All right, back to custom beds, sleep, monitoring, lifting. Where were we on that? I don't you're, know. You're, 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 you're scanning over the dissertation, what you were looking okay, at. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, so what I specifically looked at, um, well, not specifically, but at the top level, what I looked at is in, in the NBA, there's a camera system that's running mm-hmm. uh, above the court in every NBA arena, and that tracks kind of what you were talking about with, with steps, um, mainly because it's video. It just gives you distance and time because yeah. uh, you understand the dimensions of the court and you understand the time of the game. And with those, you can start to quantify speeds, accelerations, decelerations, distances. Um, we're supposed to get to a point, hopefully in the next year or two or three, where we're getting jump counts in games. Yeah. So that's going to be uh, really cool. That makes um, sense. Maybe just a horizontal camera. I mean, I'm no scientist. But it makes seah. sense if you have one above and one to the side. Yep. Yeah, and you throw it into the a fancy program, you can figure it out. Yeah. 3D, 4D, I don't and know. And there's already systems out there that track jump counts, but you, they just have to be on the body. And in the NBA, you don't wear anything. Yeah. Because right. um, CrossFit just started that, I think, two years ago, three years ago. They, at the CrossFit Games, uh, they have everybody with like an anklet okay. to do stuff like that. Cool. Which is interesting. I like it. I like it. Um, so, yeah, then you take all of that information to, to try to grossly understand the demand or external load of the game. Um and in the NBA, because you play every other day, that's the majority of your demand comes from games, um, especially if you're a high-minute guy. Um, because on your off days, it's either an off day, it's a travel day, or it's like a film day. Um, so you're not going to necessarily go live all the time. Um, you get some it, shots up, but that's yeah, what, 60%? Yeah, because you can't play a game every single day. Like every other day is already a lot. Um, and then you take that and you start to try to understand why people perform the way they do or – perhaps more I think focused on nowadays um, for better or worse is why people get hurt the way they yeah. do or when they do or why they do um, and so that's kind of what we we were looking at and it's very common to look at that you'll take um, you know somebody's external load and then you'll try to understand like is this person at risk of injury uh, now there's a million ways to try to go about understanding that and there's limitations in every one of them a very common one that has I think to, in my opinion, already peaked and on its way down because of how many limitations it has, but um, it's something called the acute chronic workload ratio or training stress balance. And what the acute chronic workload ratio is at the very top level is just a measure of 
um, fatigue over fitness. And that's kind of the conceptual idea, yeah. fatigue over fitness. And with a thought being that if you accumulate more fatigue than your fitness levels, then at some point you break down and you fail, get injured. Um, the way you do it mathematically uh, is you would just uh, calculate a training load for a day. And that could be something as simple as volume load um, or distance in a game or yeah. number of accelerations. There's a million ways you can do it. But you would quantify the session load for the day. And then what you would do is you would sum that up over your past week. And then what you would do is do the same thing for the next month or the previous month. And then you average that out on a weekly basis. So you take your total load Mm -hmm. over the past month divided by four. That gives you an average. And then you take your previous week, and then that gives you a ratio. What is your previous week divided by your average load over the past month? And now you get... Fatigue on one le- end, which is your previous week, so what's my total accumulated session loads over the past week, divided by the average of the past month, which is your fitness, or what have you prepared your body to do? So you ask the question of, is what I just did over the past seven days more or less or equal to what I've prepared my body to do over the past month? I've been getting 10 minutes a game for two months. Point guard goes out, Ram goes out, I'm in the starting lineup, all of a sudden I'm getting 20. Boom. With those numbers, we... Yeah. Boom. Yep. Uh, and so the easiest way to do it is if you ran um, 40 miles over the past month, mm. 40 divided by 4 is 10. Uh, if you ran 12 miles just in your past week, now you got 12. 12 divided by 10 is 1.2. Your acute chronic workload ratio is 1.2. And do you have a number okay. or is there a given number that may be starting to get on that risk? Because that, that example right there, to me, seems like decent progressive overload, right? If I'm trying to run a marathon, I've never coached anyone to a marathon, but if you know some basic programming, I probably could, right? So mm-hmm. we run 10 miles for three weeks. Then we another three weeks, we're going to run 12 to 15 miles, right? Yep. And then mm-hmm. we're going to run another 18. Yep. We're going to deload and we're going to uh, try to... Boom, boom. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you go from 10 miles to 30 miles... Probably not good. Maybe not good. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, little so bit you, of too much of a jump there. Yeah. Too much of a jump. And so, um, yeah, so the sweet spot, quote unquote, that we begin to see in the literature that we thought we were seeing in the literature mm-hmm. um, is 0. 0.8 to 1.3. So if I backtrack to that example of 10 miles on average the past month, 12 miles the past week, 12 divided by 10 is 1.2. Conceptually, all that means is exactly what you you kind of hinted at. You did 20% more last week than you're used to doing. So if we go back to 0.8 and 1.3, between 80% and 130% is kind of this sweet spot of load. Um, the front end is easy with the thought of if you do more than 30% you're prepared for or 130%, mm-hmm. uh, then that's too big of a jump and fatigue might accumulate too fast and you may get injured. The back end on the point eight side is just the thought that if you underprepare, if you do nothing or you do too little, well, under preparation is not good either. You'll so lose fitness potentially. You'll lose fitness, yeah, right? Makes sense. Um, or potentially what simply is just going to occur the following week is uh, you took a little bit of week off, you lost a little fitness potentially, you, for whatever reason you're not ready, and now you're just setting yourself up for higher loads coming forward uh, or going forward. Um, so that's the thought, like right. 0.8 to 1.3, mm-hmm. don't under-prepare, don't over-train, have this little sweet spot, and it looks really good on paper, uh, and then you c- color code it, call it red, yellow, and green, <laughs> and now you think you're doing something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But – that sounds really good on paper. The yep. problem is in practice, and we know this just from coaching, right? If we want to talk about coaching, like you have some athletes that respond very well to bigger jumps, and mm-hmm. you have some athletes that get buried with little jumps. Yeah. And so as soon as you start to appreciate that, it's like, okay, that doesn't that doesn't match up. Like everybody is not the same, um, and because every 
that's the beauty of human biology, right? Like we're all not the same. Uh, so because of that, the, the, the pretty little graph of pointing to 1.3 is probably not as compelling uh, as it once was. Uh, and that's something that that's kind of pretty common to do is to kind of code these code people out mm-hmm. uh, into these like areas of red, yellow, and green. And, um, but I think as soon as you begin to appreciate the complexity of stuff, examples that come to mind are, um, so, you know, we have different training histories. Uh, if I was to take on, because of your background and it, you, well, I don't know, you get, you've hit crazy numbers, right? Uh, no. Okay numbers. <laughs> so you, well, your okay numbers put my bad numbers to shame, right? So if me and you were to go into a, just a, something as simple as squatting, we've already talked about how basketball is so much more complex than that. But if you just take something as simple as like a squatting program, um, it's very likely that one of us can handle better jumps than someone else. Now it might be because maybe I can because my absolute numbers are just lower, or maybe you can because you just have a training history that has some of these crazy loads in them. Uh, but there's certainly a difference there. Uh, and so within sport, what I begin to think about is like this idea of moderation. What moderates someone's ability to take on or tolerate loading spikes? So strength definitely comes to mind, like stronger athletes, weaker mm-hmm. athletes. Uh, now, I'm not confident enough to say that if you're stronger, then you can tolerate loads better because mm-hmm. that would be super biased because I'm a strength coach. Right. But but at some level, strength probably plays a role. And, and does that mean everyone needs to be able to hit a certain number two three times body weight squatter like probably not and maybe it's different like maybe maybe my sweet spot would mean i need to be able to hit two times body weight where you might be able to hit you might need 2.3 to be safe like we haven't ironed that stuff out at all and that's just one level because now you now we're talking strength and conditioning right so now it's strength on one level Mm. what about conditioning right right what about repeat sprint ability what about speed what about all these things that come into play and now it's like oh now we're dealing with humans and we're trying to trying to predict or appreciate the complexity of injury within the complexity of biology right. like it's, it gets crazy and then you you throw in the last layer of which we talked about earlier lifestyle or or, yeah. or, or variables you can't count on because you sure. you know coaches and and they may give you a curfew in college or maybe even at the pro level but yep. are they doing it are they asleep yeah. you can't monitor every single thing they eat every position that they're in all day long because because mm-hmm. even little factors right you, you slump the whole plane ride from sacramento to new york and you're playing the knicks tomorrow like you're back's going to be jacked up and it's going to play a fatigue on your deadlift it's going to play some kind of fatigue on on the court uh let alone obviously alcohol or sleep and 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 things you just can't monitor the all these numbers are great and we'll give you a ballpark like you kind of said it It sounds great um but the application of it's probably near impossible yeah no it's it's tough i I like to tell people like now just because something is very complicated and because we have a million limitations in it because we can poke holes in it all day that's not necessarily say that there's not value in it like Mm -hmm. sure what i what I like to tell people is probably consider looking at your weekly changes in loads um, just to understand what your jumps look like because that's probably needs to be appreciated. But then from there, also try to understand how you're handling it. So whether that's yourself taking a session RPE, um, whether using something as simple as like an RPE scale, right? Does the weight, the 225 that you deadlifted last week was an RPE of five, is, does it still feel like a five right? Yeah. or does it not? Right. What's your sleep looking like? There's very simple ways to do it. Um, So I think it just comes down. It it really comes back to like this experimentation of understanding what my loading changes are looking like and how do I think I'm responding? Well, that's why you're running the, 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 the program for the players and not an Excel sheet. 
Because all that data you just said, you could throw it in an Excel sheet mm-hmm. and Fox could show up, type his name in, and yeah. he could spit some shit out. Mm-hmm. But you can communicate with him. You could see how he's moving. You could see, you know how hard he played last night. Uh, compare, you know, Computers can't tell how. He, he could yeah. take the same amount of steps in a, in a game, but play harder, you could just tell by watching or whatever. I mean, you're at every single game. So now you get to make a judgment call because you're, you're the coach. Right. And that, that's For why sure. a robot's not doing those things. For sure. And that's why, I mean, that just at the top level strength and conditioning. That's why flexible programming to me is so important. Um, because if guys, as guys walk in, if you had a plan A written on the board, like are you going to stick with that? Or are you going to change? There's certain times where you might want to stick with it. If you're looking to overtrain them a little bit for whatever reason. Um, but I think all that just has to be understood and appreciated. Like what's the context of the situation? So are you able to, to quantify this, the subjective part of it, the, you know, your own, reaction to what you see in in their performance is there is there a way to track that do you feel that i mean obviously internally we can do rpe or whatever but um in personal experience if somebody says that you know they just squatted and they said yeah that felt like a, a seven and you're like to me that looked like a nine yep. i'm sorry yep. you know and so the egos might play yeah role. and right. they're not lifters yep like right. they're not lifters for sure they play basketball sure. yeah, yeah no for sure um, yeah, I mean, stuff like that's pretty easy. Just throw a tendo on it, right, and track the speed. Mm-hmm. So now it's oh, pretty yeah. objective. Like, we don't even ask you how it felt. Like, I, you, because there's also times where you might feel really good, but if your performance is bad, like, there might be something in there too. Yeah. Right? Because uh, you can feel good for all the things that we can't quantify that can break a body down, like sleep, et cetera, et cetera, relationship problems. The back end could be it too. You You can be beat down, but I mean, I just think of like something as simple as like, uh, if you're if you're in an overtraining cycle and you're getting you know you're trying to bury yourself a little bit with some with you know whether it's a squat program or uh, a deadlift pro like whatever that side of the equation is, well if you go home and I don't know you've been chasing a girl around for a month and she finally wants to go on a date with you like well you're probably gonna feel good the next yeah, day PR's yeah. coming like, yeah. so like how do you, like all of that this one's for you Stephanie <laughs> yeah uh, and so those things Fair influence point. for sure and and. Um, so like we, we want to appreciate that, which, which to me is like the back end of like, if you're plan a, a player walks in and he feels like, you know, it doesn't feel great. And you can, you can quantify that just by using wellness sco- uh, surveys, mm-hmm. right? Top of like three, five questions, however, you know, what's your mood like, what's your sleep like? You can ask him how much did you sleep? Um, or like how fatigued do you feel? Something as simple as that might be pretty valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, now if you had a plan a and they say they're feeling great, we'll make, now you can push it a little bit if you want to, like, or they're feeling bad. Maybe you need to pull back. Um, so yeah, I mean, on top of wellness surveys though, you can use tendos. Use you can use a standardized load mm. and just what does that move like today? Um, if you're gonna do that, you probably want to wait till after warm up sets occur because um, we know that that stuff influences some of yeah. those outputs. Yeah, sure. um, you can use jumping um, even if you're just at home. And you have like even if you just have a vertex um, or some way to measure your jump height, whether it's a piece of tape on the wall or something like how high can I jump today versus yesterday versus two days ago, um, you can track those outputs. Um, I mean, there's a million things you can do, uh, but ultimately it's just trying to figure out how your body feels really, right? And so for us, um, you know, we, we want to appreciate all of those things. Um, and we've I've played around with surveys in the past, Um and I've I've even done things to start looking at like how survey scores, like a player wellness score mm-hmm. is changed by the changes in loads in a game, right? Do the loads in a game actually influence what they're giving us perceptionally, right? Oh, okay. Do they perceive yeah. are are they feeling better or worse based on the loads in the game or are they not? Right. Um, or wins and losses. 
Like yeah. you said with the girlfriend thing, like, bro, you just, oh, you sure. just hit a buzzer beater last night? Like, yeah, I'm going to deadlift today, coach. For sure. I'm yeah. feeling sick. Yeah. And, and, and you you see some of that stuff, right? Like, when we come off a big win, the energy in the room is usually high the next day. Like, mm-hmm. and we could have had a, a, everyone could be a, have a high acute chronic workload ratio. Yeah. But, like, it, because all these other things play a role. Um, how good the hype video is that night. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Or how good the hype coach is. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. what's my energy like? What what yeah. energy am I bringing them when they come yeah. down the stairs? Am I giving them energy or am I taking energy from them, right? And that's like, yeah. those are things I try to think about. Like, what am, what is my energy doing for them? And if it's not bringing them up, then maybe I just don't need to say nothing right now. Like, um and that usually I'm talking some Matt, you know. Yeah. But it's hard too, because you're on the grind too. You're on the freaking road. Like your your emotions are going up with the team. You're you're tired too. Like it's not like for you're sure. it's That's, not like you're just sitting at home texting them something. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. There's I mean, there's times when you're on the road, even just as a staff member, support staff member, and you know, we get back to back on the road and uh we're about to enter an East Coast road trip coming up. Um and you get to tip off at like seven PM and and it's cold outside, it's snowy. Like it doesn't snow in Sacramento, like it's yeah. snowing. <laughs> And you're like, man, I'm exhausted. How are they about to do this? But the ball goes up and they got to go. Yeah. Uh, which it, is why they're incredible athletes. Yeah. Why they get paid the big bucks. True. We got anything else on this that uh, is a good takeaway or do you think we got um, capped? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest part is just just do stuff. Like, if you're just, just do something. Like, try it out for a little bit and just mm-hmm. see if it gives you valuable. Because with all the technology that's out there, with all the research that's out there, with all the Excel spreadsheet stuff, that can, like, this stuff can get really complicated. But it could be as simple as downloading some type of survey on your phone or mm-hmm. making your own and putting it by your the side of your bed. And every day when you wake up after your shower, and like, not immediately because we all feel a little sore when we're in the bed. But, like, mm-hmm. once you get up and you're ready for put it by your coffee maker and just write a little score down. And every day just track that thing and just see, like, Okay, what do my numbers in training look like versus how I'm feeling here? Uh, match that up probably with a body weight because some mm-hmm. of that stuff. And like, there you go. Now you're Sleep. a sports scientist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, just try to track some things because no matter how complicated you make it, it's not necessarily going to be more right. So keep it simple. Uh, kiss right. Keep it simple. Stupid. That's it. All right. Where can people find you? Uh, Instagram is Dr. Dot Ramsey Dot Nijem N I J E M is the last name and then uh twitter dr ramsey nigel awesome thanks for being with us i'm the jim mcd on all the social media mike is silent mike with two k's the show 50 percent facts five zero percent spelled out facts on instagram and twitter hit us up on instagram and twitter with your recommendations for future questions and experts also ratings and reviews on the platform of your choice always appreciated we'll be back next week